Welcome to the Breakfast with Champions podcast, where every day we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration to help you reach your full potential. You can check us out at bwcdaily.com. On this show, we feature celebrity interviews as well as experts and leaders in fields like business, marketing, sales, branding, and mindset. Our goal is to give you a seat at the table to listen in on conversations with some of the most amazing people around the world, people who are doing the things you know you can do and reaching the levels you know you can reach. So get ready to be motivated and inspired and grab your seat at the table for the Breakfast with Champions podcast. And don't forget to check us out at bwcdaily.com. Steve, how you been, man? It has been a while since you and I last connected. Last time I talked to you, you were telling me stories of how you take all these crazy people and do all these crazy things with them that are just unbelievable, things that people, money can't buy. For these particular experiences, but somehow you make it happen, which is really the title of your book, Blue Fishing, right? The art of making things happen. And so I need an update. What's been going on in Steve Sims's world since Damn. we talked last? Damn. Um, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. So I'm going to give you my <laughs> definition of fear, okay. um, which may, may therefore answer the, the question. Uh, a friend of mine, Joe Polish, said to me once that... Uh, um, you never want to meet the, the definition of hell would be to meet the man or woman that you could have been. Mm, mm. Now I remember as a youngster growing up and I teach my kids this, just say yes more times than you say no. Now, when you become an entrepreneur, then you have to learn how to say no more often. But I've always been a yes kid. I've always been about, Oh, do you want to try this? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And I'm always off in different places, sometimes to my detriment, but what ends up happening is I end up living life and I end up doing a lot and I end up getting involved in a lot. And so I've been spending a lot more time working with people on how they can brand and market it, uh, market their own services. You see, as you know, for 25 plus years, I was very, very good at spending billionaires' money. Um, I was right. phenomenal at it. And I would spend millions and millions and millions as i would tell them quite openly to give you more interesting cocktail stories that was my pitch um and then what i decided since well it wasn't i didn't decide it was decided for me but when the book blue fishing came out which wasn't really supposed to be a hit you know it was just me blurting out i got paid very well to do it so i had no onus about selling <laughs> copies um I just blurted out what I got up to, what I thought, how I did it. If you like it, great. If you don't, move along. Um, and it took off. So now I've just been running speakeasies, which are my private masterminds, mm. training, coaching, uh, doing a lot of stage speeches. Um, and, of course, we get through to where we are today, which is a five years later on the fifth year anniversary of second book. So to say that my life is busy I am very grateful for. You got to be grateful for that, right? And I love that you're saying yes to the things, right? Yes to the things that align. Like you said, you have to know when to say no as well. Uh, Steve, a buddy of mine, we were out golfing in uh, Scottsdale. And this golf course was ridiculous. Like the, the, the ups and downs, the hills on it were ridiculous. And we were sitting at the top. He had landed a ball on the cart path. And we were on like we were like 80 feet above 
the green, right? Like 80 feet. And I'm like, bro, you do not have to play the ball from there. And he looked at me and he said, life is short. You have to ride all the rides. And he took his golf club and he shot the ball 100 yards straight up into the air. And it fell another 80 feet, you know, down to the green. And it bounced and it rolled about three feet away from the cup. And I will never forget that moment. And that's what you're really talking about, right? Like this life is short. We have to ride all the rides and we have to say yes to some of these things so that we can really figure out what this thing is all about. How early were you in your life? You mentioned, you know, you were kind of the, the, the kid that would try these things, but how early did you recognize that your gift of being able to try these things is not something that everybody has, that most people do have that fear? And when did you realize that that could be a value that you could actually bring to the marketplace? It's, it's, it's hysterical that you asked me that question, and I can even give you the date. Wow. That's, that's how ridiculous it is. Um, 16th of October, five years ago. And, that, and I can be so specific because before that time, I just did what I did. And, you know, I would fall over, I would get up, I would learn how I fell over, avoid doing that the next time, get a bit further, then fall over that hurdle, get up. And I just carried, and I thought to myself, well, everyone does that. Mm. You know, you know, this is just normal. And I remember when I was doing my work with all these billionaires, I kept myself really quiet because, my God, there must have been a million other people doing the exact same thing as I was doing. I didn't want them to see me stepping in that sandpit and squashing me. Right. And there was almost this this fear of, like, don't brand, don't market, just be under the radar, work with the billionaires, don't disrupt because then one of the others will be like, what are you doing here? get out of the party kind of thing. Right. And then when the book came out, I suddenly went, there is no one else. No one was doing the shit that I was doing. Hey, you're no the one only was one. doing this with the po- <laughs> And I was like, well, well, why not? And this is where it came to it. And this is what a lot of you out there need to know. I thought to myself, is it my stunning good looks? <laughs> we know, we know that's not the case. You know, is it, is it my vast articulate education? <laughs> you know, we know, so I actually went through to try and find out, and this is a true story. Well, it ends with a true story. Right. I went on a journey to try and find out what made me so special. Mm. Now, let's be blunt. That's a lot of people think of that as an egotistical thing, but I was thinking to myself, like, hang on a minute. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a lot of money. I'm getting a lot of clients. I'm doing something other people aren't doing. If I can find out what I'm doing, hey, I can do three times as more mm. and be more impactful. And so I was going through this journey to try and work out why people were buying the book, why people were revering what I'd got up to. Not revering me, but what revering the action. Um, and I couldn't work it out until one night. I had a dinner party mm. and I had a dinner party here and I was living near uh, West Hollywood. And at that dinner party, there were two characters from the current Marvel movies that was at my dinner party. We, there was only about 12, 14 people at the party. Um, two of and, the actors that play the characters in the Marvel movies. Is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah there were okay. two, two, of the, uh, two of the actors were yeah. in there. And so, you know, it was a typical Hollywood dinner party, you know, and uh, you know, typical Hollywood party, dinner party, typical thing. And at, 
we're having dinner, and of course, we had consumed a little bit of alcohol, and uh, it was it was a guy and a girl. I'm not. I never give their names away. And one of the guys turned around. And he went, "Hey, you know, I'm playing eh, eh, whatever his, his uh, um, superhero name was." He went, "Let's play the game. If you had a superpower, what do you think your superpower is?" And so he went around the table to see what you know. If you had a superpower. Or if you wanted a superpower. So it's kind of a bit of a loosey-goosey kind of question. And people were like, oh, I would like to I would like to get rid of uh, poverty by the flick of a wrist. Or I would like to be able to, you know, make people lose weight just by, like, scanning them with my eyes. And there was all these kind of stupid answers. Um, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I've had a few old fashions in me. And I'm thinking, if I had a superpower, what would it be? Now, everyone wants to say, say things like poverty and pain and intelligence. We all know that the superhero power that every guy wants is to be able to see through ladies' underwear. You know, we all want to be able to see through that. But I couldn't say that because that was going to sound immature. So right. it got to me. So you went with and, your number two. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm still trying to look. And he, he came over to me and he went, Sims, superpower. And I went, superpower, super. And I was, I was kind of pretending as though I was thinking about it and about to go for number two. And I couldn't remember what my number two option was. Right. Um, but I know it wasn't very good because I knew a couple of times my options had been taken up as it got around to me at the table. You know, yeah, you always hate that when that happens. Um, but my wife stepped in and my wife stepped in and she went, he's got a superpower and you know what it is. Now, of course, I'm sitting there thinking, this is my wife saying things about my superpower. You know it's never better than someone else saying how brilliant you are versus you saying it. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I was like, okay, Claire, you know, come on, come on, girl, you know, make me look good. And I went, oh, really? What's my superpower then? You know, and I was just ready for this wonderful moment. And she turned around and she said, that's easy. He's ignorant. <laughs> and that was it. That, that was honestly. She just stopped That right was there. it. She just... And you felt the temperature of the room just change. And I thought to myself, I'm getting a divorce. My <laughs> wife just called me ignorant in front of all of my friends. Why did she call me ignorant? And she felt the temperature move. Mm. And she turned around and she realized it. And she went, hang on, hang on, hang on. She said, hang on. When was the last time he did something? And you sat there going, how the bloody hell did he do that with Elon Musk? How did he pull that off with the Pope? How did he do this with Andrea Bocelli? How the hell did he get into that move? When was the last time he did something and you were just dumbfounded? Well, I'll tell you how he did it. He was ignorant to the fact that it could go any other way mm. than the way he visioned it. Mm. He went in with such bold passion and focus, he couldn't even see him saying no. And if they did say no... I don't know if he could even hear it. Mm. He'd just keep going until they said what he wanted to hear. So I realized, as I say, five years ago, that no, people weren't doing what I was doing. But my superpower, as we've already established, wasn't intelligence and good looks. It was the action. And how many people today have a fantastic idea that they never act on? Mm -hmm. That was it. Out of fear, right? They they 
they have the idea, the fear kicks in, or somebody tells them no, which I'm guessing a guy like yourself, you you don't you don't hear no's very. Uh, you hear the no's, you get the no's, but they don't stop you, right? I'm sure they told you no, you can't do this with Elon. I'm sure they told this you no, the- you can't go to the Sistine Chapel and all these places. I'm sure you got no's along the way, right? It's not the no's that bother me. And actually, funny enough, you know, we, we discussed this earlier. This is the whole point of me doing this book. Yeah, okay? talk to me and about that right there. Well, it's, we're going to talk about the point, okay? Let's break it down. Let's go back to what you said. You said that people don't act out of fear, and then they get a no, and can that no stop them? No is usually not the problem. You see, when I get someone say no to me, why is that? You know, I want to know the reason behind the no, okay? Mm. And from there, I come up, well, you know, it's going to be loud. Actually, it's not. We're, we're not having any music that night. Oh, it isn't? Great. Then, yes, you can go ahead. So usually a no is given when they don't fully comprehend the request. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, you receive a no because you've confused them with the question. Okay, so that's the first thing. But I want to break back into that and to give us the whole reason why I wrote this book. It's not the fear of us failing that stops us acting. It's the fear of someone seeing us fail. Mm. And that's where it gets bad. I wrote this book because I was pissed off. We are in a gotcha society, a society where if you say the wrong thing, if you step out of place, if you wear the wrong thing, oh, my God, he's he's offending the people who that's their national color. Oh, my God, did he really say that word? Oh, what an idiot. We're in a society now where we like to point and jeer. Do you remember, give you a perfect example, there's very few entrepreneurs out there, I don't think I've met any actually, that don't respect Elon Musk. Right. Okay? Right. Okay. So if I said to you, hey, I can arrange for you to have dinner with Elon Musk, would you not jump at the chance? I'm going to jump all over it, man. A chance with Elon, let's go. There you go. So here's the thing. Do you remember, I don't know, four or five years ago, when he unveiled his Cybertruck in Los Angeles. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember. (laughs) Right. What do you remember about that night that made headlines the following day? I remember him saying that the windows were bulletproof and then throwing a rock right through it or a ball or something. If you are buying a car with bulletproof glass... You don't have to worry about whether or not the glass works. You need to worry about the postcode that you live in. You know, that's what you should be be worrying about your fucking neighborhood, not whether or not your car's got bulletproof glass. But here's the thing. He gave us a car that the only similarity between that truck and anything else on the road was that it had four tires. Every other element from the brakes, the electric, the air conditioning, even the windows were completely different. Every single element of that vehicle was disrupting the current industry. But did we thank him for that? Did we accolade him for that? Did we give him a round of applause? No, we went, (laughs) bulletproof glass doesn't work. (laughs) You're an idiot. You're a loser. Now, I don't know if you remember this. But Elon got, I think it was about four doors in these frames. And he shot a different projectile 
at these windows to show, hey, it works. I think it was a golf ball. In the end of it, it looked like some kind of like tank missile. Right. That right. he actually, and every single one of those windows survived intact. How many people watched that video? Oh, not, not nowhere, nowhere near as many as the one where he broke it. Why? Because it worked. We love to point and jeer. We've got programs. We've got sure. TikTok, Instagram, fields. We've got programs, Americans' funniest videos. And what do we love? We love someone walking into a wall, falling <laughs> off a ladder, getting hit in the head by something because they're on the phone. We love that. We love to look, jeer, and laugh. Today, we're not frightened of trying something. We're frightened of someone laughing at us trying it. So what we do is instead of trying something and then failing and becoming educated, because let's be serious, you fail, that creates education. That education becomes experience. Experience becomes credibility, and credibility you can write big invoices for. Mm. That's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. So it always starts with a failure. But today we're so scared of people trying, what do we do? We don't. We actually don't try anymore. And that's the problem. I don't give a rat's ass if you laugh at me. And guess what? Nor does Jeff Bezos, nor does Elon Musk, nor does Richard Branson, nor, nor does Jean-Paul de Julia. None of the successful people in today's planet give a rat's ass of you giggling at them while sitting on your chair with your second cup of coffee going, <laughs> eh, look at him. Go screw yourself. Right. So it really annoyed me. That today, and, and let's be serious, we've just come out of COVID. You know, how many people, how many fat people during COVID were going, I can't go to the gym now, damn it. They never went to the gym before COVID. Right. How many people said, oh, I can't hang out with my friends anymore. Yet they weren't hanging out with our friends before. Right. COVID became a beautiful excuse of what we weren't doing already. Very true. And then on top of that, during that period... We got anxious. We got aggravated. And then what bubbled to the top during those high points of tension? Asian hate. Me too. Black Lives Matter. Trump. All of these things, which I'm sure I've said a few of those, and a few people out there are like, oh, God, what's he going to say about them? All of these were conversations that need to happen. But what did most people do? They avoided having the conversation sure. for fear of looking ignorant and stupid. Sure. I want to ask a person... Hey, why does that offend you? I want to understand because then I become educated and I can remove my ignorance to that problem. And now I can become a solution to that problem that I can expose to other people mm. that are ignorant to that problem. So today, just imagine the classic line. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Well, let's change that. What would you do if you didn't care about people laughing at you? And that's the more powerful one. We don't care about the no. We actually don't care about the failure. We care about people looking, jeering, and laughing at us. And when I was writing, and it wasn't supposed to be a book. I was making some memoirs for a speech I was giving. And I was doing this whole speech on the fact that it's, it's not the actual genius that matters. It's the action of that genius that matters. Um, and I was going through, and I used these examples. What if people scoffed at? that we actually couldn't exist with if it didn't exist, if they had listened to those idiots. Right. Henry Ford, publicly humiliated. Why do we need a car? 
We've got horses. That's right. Yeah, the guy's an idiot. You know, the car can't go in the woods. My horse can go in the woods. What do I need the car for? Exactly, exactly. So Henry Ford was ridiculed. Edison for the light bulb. We got candles. Coffee. Coffee, they tried banning coffee because they thought it was a substance that would be hallucinogenic like a drug. <laughs> so all of these things, they tried to ban through life, and now they are here. Now they make sense. But now, for the first time and the worst time, your voice, your statement can be heard in Japan as it can be in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Because of the word of, world of social... We can say something on one side of the planet and it can cross all the way over. And we have this jeering attitude within our society today and people care about it. But I will name drop. I was in um, SpaceX with Elon Musk and you just showed one of the one of the pictures there of me with him. And he turned around to me and he actually said, do you know, they'll always laugh at you just before they applaud. And that sank it in. That that one statement from him just sank it in. And I thought, I don't care because I know very shortly I'm going to get a round of applause for what I've achieved, for what I've acted on, and what impact I've created. I love that. They will always laugh at you just before they applaud. Super, super strong. Go for stupid in the book. So we know the issue, we know that people don't want to be laughed at. That's the real fear, right? They don't want to be yep. laughed at. That's that's really what's keeping them. So I'm assuming, I'm hoping that in the book, you're going to teach us how to solve that problem, how to evolve to where we don't let that keep us from our greatness so that we can tap into the ideas, so that we can share our voice and our message, so that we can become the best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. My guess is there's some tips and tricks in the books that are going to help us get there. What are the one or two things that we can do uh, while we're waiting to get the book in the mailbox? What are one or two things we could do right now to start going for stupid? So I'm going to teach you how to solve it. I'm also going to teach you how to not recognize it. Okay. You see, to solve a problem, you've got to recognize there's a problem. But if you recognize that it's not a problem, it's actually a misfocus. You see, how many people make a little bit of money and then they're sitting in the pub and they've just sold their car and they've got five grand and they don't need it, so they want to invest it. And all of a sudden, they're getting financial advice from Jimmy, who sat on the edge of the bar for the last 30 years of their life. Right? So we're <laughs> But Jimmy and I go way back, Steve. We yeah, go way back. Know. I mean, come he on. Beers together. He knows all the dirty <laughs> jokes. That's right. The point is, today we listen to the wrong person, and we give it value. We give it strength. We give it fuel. So when someone is jeering at you, Rather than listening to the jeer, look at the source. Mm. That person that's there going, you could never do that. Well, are they just terrified that you're going to and prove that they're inadequate? Is that really what it is? Because that's a, that's a lot of what happens today. So the book is going to teach you through. So I am going to give you, I am going to give you an example. And I'm going to give you a test and it's going to be hurtful. And most of you won't do this. Because it's painful, okay? But how many, look, you're a go-getter. How many times in your life have you been sat in a coffee shop, maybe in a bar, and you're with a bunch of your friends, 
and you start talking about your goals and aspirations and you start talking about, well, actually, I'm going to do this. and I'm going to launch this company and I'm going to do a podcast and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to get this. But and you start doing that and then you get one or two of your friends start snickering at you. And all of a sudden you realize that quite openly they're laughing at you. And some of them will even go as far as to go, oh, you couldn't do that. What the hell are you talking about, you moron? You could never make that happen. No what doubt. What do you do? What do you do? You reduce your aspiration. You start diluting yourself. You sit there and you go, oh, I'm kidding. I've had a few too many syrups. What do I know? I'm only playing. And you dilute it. You actually give credence and value to what they're saying. They're sat there packing the Ralph's uh, shopping baskets every night. And you're listening to them on your business aspirations. Mm -hmm. Today, you've got to look at your table. This is tough. You've got to look at your table. You've got to look at your room. And you've got to look at everyone in that circle and say, do they give me what I need to get me to where i got to go? Are they going to challenge me? Straight up, do they, they give me what I need? To get to where I want to go. Are they, are they there to support? Are they there to push? Are they there to challenge? Now, I love challenges, and don't get me wrong. I did a, a, I did a, a business deal. Um, God, I don't know how many years ago. Stuck with me forever. A friend of mine, Jay Abraham, I was down at his house, and I'm going through this business plan with him. I thought it was, the, like all entrepreneurs, I thought it was the greatest thing on the planet because it's mine. I was thinking about it. I was going to do it. This was what was going to happen. This is how much money I was going to put in it, blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me with a smirk on his face. And he said to me at the end of it, he went, is that it? <laughs> I know Jay, so I know. And you, I, went, I can only imagine. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean, is that it? He <laughs> said, you being you, the passion, the force, the energy, I was just expecting a bit more out of you. Mm, 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 mm. And I thought to myself, shit, yeah, you're right. If I'm going to do something, then hell, it shouldn't help, help five, five million people. It should help 50 million people. You know, I should push myself. That's what challenges are there for. Challenges are there to help align, realign, tweak what you're doing for. They're not the neggies. A challenger doesn't go, you couldn't do that. A challenger says, why do you think you're the person to do this? Why do you think you've got what it takes for that to be achieved and dominate? Mm. And that's what a challenger. Look at your table. Nine times out of ten, um, we've got friends that we've got, well, he's been a friend since, since high school. I've known him forever. Hey, sure. you want to go and have a beer and talk dirty jokes and talk about how wonderful high school was? Knock yourself out. But don't bring up your goals and aspirations with that person because he's ill-qualified to support you. Now, Steve, what if what if, what if you want to inspire them, though, right? You're like, you know what? I'm a big dreamer. I've got big visions. And so I want to share my big visions with them because they don't necessarily think that big. I mean, does it work like that or is it is it not a safe is that not a safe play? No, you can do that. You can do that, but you need to recognize your room. And that's the key here. Recognize the table you're on. I fully endorse what you're saying, and I think it's great to actually do that. Try and have, become the challenger to your friends. Mm. 
But when one of them turns around and says, oh, no, no, I, I, I get paid all week and I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Why? Why don't you want to take the risk? Because do you remember how many people go, oh, no, 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 I want a safe and secure job. What the freaking hell does that look like? <laughs> right. You know, is there such thing as a safe and secure job today? No, definitely no, not when you're you know? on salary, that's for sure. <laughs> hell no, you know. If, if you're quite comfortable working at making someone else rich, go about it, mate. But the bottom line of it is, you can be a challenger to your friends. But when they when they walk away from it, when they actually, and I've had people, I've had people in my life that I've actually sat down with and then gone, hey, let's get together and go through this. And I've gone through it with them. And then I followed up with them. And I'm like, why are you not actioning this? You know, you can, they, they say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Right. When you suddenly find that your friends are actually working against your advice, then it's time to just go, all right, thank you, I'm done, but I'm not going to waste my energy. You don't know if today's your last morning. Mm, I'm, not trying to be, I'm not trying to be down negative or down. You don't know. So get a bit more selfish with your energy, with your vision, with your power, with your intelligence. Get a bit more selfish. I run events, and a few of my friends I've actually given free tickets to to come to my events. Do you know the only people that have never turned up at my events are those people that I gave the free tickets to? Yeah, when I charge a friend money to go to one of my events, they turn up and they work for it because they know it needs to make them back the impact for the money they spent. So you've really got to be very careful about the room you're in. So that's step one, right? Step one is we got to make sure we're careful about the room we're in, which, by the way, I want to learn more about your events. I'd love to attend one of your events if I could get an invite. And I'd love to be able to speak and share at one of your events if you're ever needing somebody over on that side. You've done so much for me. I'd love to have the opportunity to serve you as well. So we got to take a look at the room. We've got to look around. We've got to make sure we've got people in our corner that are going to push us, that are going to challenge us. Is there a second step? And then we're going to wrap this up, let everybody know where they can go get you, get a copy of this book so they can learn. But is there anything anything more they can take away before we, uh, before to really entice them to go get that book? Yeah, you you basically got to tear off some of the education or the miseducation that you've got as you've grown up. Well, you're cutting deep on these folks today. Yeah, that can actually get a little bit funny. You see, look, we love our mum and dads, all right? But they came from a different era. And the playing field's different to what it was 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, okay? So the education, the, the, the advice that was given 40 years ago is not necessarily relevant today. And I remember growing up as a kid, they would always say, now, let me ask you, have you got kids? I have eight children, Steve. Eight. You, you, you're like, you're God and a hero to me. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. So what's, how old's your youngest? My youngest is 20 months old. 20 months old, okay. So not quite running around with a pillowcase strapped around their neck pretending to be a superhero. Yeah, not yet, not yet. But I do have a three-year-old and I have a five-year-old and a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. I got them all. I got all. I got a 10-year-old. I got a 12-year-old. And then my oldest is 23. So we have a big gap between the oldest. Okay. So when they're three to six and yep. they're running around with a pillowcase that's tied around their neck and they're pretending to be a superhero and telling you how they're going to be an astronaut, at that moment in time, 
we tell them, good for you. You enjoy life. Oh, you look fantastic. Yes, you are. We allow them to buy into their dreams. Sure. How do you feel about the 23-year-old running around with a pillowcase around his shoulders telling everyone he's going to be a national or a superhero? We tell them to grow up. Right. Now, here's the funny thing. The most powerful people I've met in the planet have never grown up. Mm. They've stayed curious. Mm. I love it. Now, as as parents, I'm a parent, okay, so I know this. You, we literally say to them, oh, you know, you, you got to grow we want to keep them curious. How did you do that? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just wondering. How did you do that? Wouldn't you like to do that? A little while ago, I had a computer and uh, I bought a new one. I gave my other one to my 13-year-old and I went, take the back off of that. And he was like, why do I want to take the back off of this old mm-hmm. computer? And I said, because then you'll know what the inside of a computer looks like. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, yeah. And then he tried to put it back together, gone and turn it on. And it didn't. But who cares? Right. You know, he had the curiosity to go through it. So one of the most, one of the biggest attributes, and again, we're not talking about I got an MBA at Harvard or I got a PhD or I'm massively uh, intelligent. It's what you do. It's action and momentum that works every time, married with a healthy dose of curiosity. Yes. And I remember, again, going to name drop Elon. I was up in his Tesla plant in Fremont and they couldn't get something to work and they were telling him about how they could fix it. And he turned around at the meeting and he went, before we look at how to fix the problem, let's ask ourselves, why is there the problem in the first place? Right. Good question. If we could avoid that step and go from this on the conveyor belt of building a Tesla, we're fixing the squeaky wheel to a wheelbarrow that we never use. Mm. So rather than looking at the solution, ask yourself, why is the problem there to start with and see if we can remove that? We ain't got to solve anything. He noticed that engines, combustion engines, which work on fuel to ignite the pistons Mm -hmm. and oil to stop the pistons uh, friction blocking the engine up. If you have an electric engine, you haven't got to worry about friction, oil, fuel, combustion. You haven't got to worry about it. So you're not making the solution better. You're removing the problem to start with. Mm. And that all came from curiosity. So I'm telling you today, if you're 35 years old, strap the pillowcase on your neck, be a superhero, but stay curious. Wow. That was powerful, man. I love that right there. Mic drop moments from my boy Steve Sims here. You know, Steve, one of the things that I, uh, I'm a curious guy myself. That's why you and I can get along so much, I can tell. And uh, I whisper from the, from the moment their, their little ears can hear my voice, I tell them all the time, I say, did you know that you're a superhero? And I tell them, I start telling them that, you're a superhero, a superhero. And right around five is when they start asking, Dad, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm a superhero? And I always tell them, I say, well, you're a Lundy. And as a Lundy, you were born with a certain gift. And they say, well, what? They say, well, what is that power? And I said, you have the power to achieve and create anything you put your mind to. That's your superpower. You can achieve and create anything you put your mind to. And so now my 12-year-old battles with me on that. She's like, Dad, you've been telling me I can do these. And I'm like, you can't. Don't let the world tell you 
anything else other than what I've told you your entire life. You can achieve and create anything that you put your mind to. But planting those seeds and really like reprogramming anything that's in there that's limiting you, right? Taking the time to reprogram that. Take the back off of your own computer right back here. Yeah. Dig in there. Maybe you mess it up, but you'll figure you'll figure it out. But at least be curious enough to take the time. Steve, you are an amazing superhuman. I love that you and I have been connected uh, universally. I'm excited to get to know you more. I'm excited to learn more in your book. I'm going to go out and grab a copy. Where do I need to go to go get a copy of Go for Stupid? Where should I get Amazon, go for stupid. It'll be on there. Or just visit stevedsims.com and it'll be on there on the front page. So Steve D. Sims, D for dashing and only one M in Sims. Steve D. Sims or anywhere that you consume your media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm Steve D. Sims everywhere and I will be announcing the book. So it'll all be on there for you to be able to get. Something tells me this is going to be another bestseller for you, my man, and it's going to take you many places all around the world. Honored to have you here with us in the morning, sir. You're an amazing superhuman. God bless. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, have a great day.